Welcome to Let's Get Unraveled, a place where artists from all walks of life come to share their unabridged stories and speak openly and candidly about their creative journeys. We're so happy you're here. Hey everyone, I'm Co Hodges, one of the founders and lead instructors at Unraveled Academy. And today I have the privilege of speaking with the incredible Kendall Turner. She is a poet, public speaker, and author of several books, including The Power of 22. And it's just an honor to have her here. So Kendall, thank you so much. Thank you for having me. So can we just dig right in? I want you to tell our listeners where you are located in the world and what work you primarily do. Um, I am in Atlanta, Georgia. I have been here for uh, going on three years, but I'm originally from Tulsa, Oklahoma. Okay. Yeah. Um, I used to, I had a job for, I'm just going give you, to give you the scoop, girl. I had a job for 12 years, really good job, making really good money. And um, I had this whole spiritual awakening, this whole spiritual thing happened where I I heard a voice. I heard God's voice tell me to move to Atlanta, Georgia. And so I fought it for a couple of days and I I couldn't fall asleep. It was on me so heavy. It was just like God would not let me fall asleep. So I said, okay, okay, I'll go. And (laughs) me and my son, we picked up our stuff and we drove 12 hours to Atlanta, Georgia. I had no, um, no, understanding of why I was supposed to be in Atlanta. I didn't know anybody in Atlanta and um, I've been here ever since. So um, right now I'm still, I'm a self-published author of five books and I do public speaking, um, keynote speaking, poetry mostly. So I'll get features here and there. um, And so I'll go speak. Um, I have a show in Columbus, Georgia, this Friday, and then next week I have something in Atlanta, and then I'll be doing a lot of traveling this year, but I am a full-time artist, and I do have a part-time job that I work three days a week just to, you know, keep a steady paycheck coming in, because, you know, as an artist, you're your own boss. Sure. So, <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> I know all about that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So you have something coming in every week, just, you know, guaranteed gas money, you know. <laughs> yes. Oh, my gosh. 100%. Yeah. And as a mother, too, I mean, I'm, I can completely relate to that. Being a primary earner for my children, I, yeah, you, you got to pay the bills. Got to pay the light bill this year. <laughs> yep. Yep. So, so people, they, like, stop me, and uh, I work for Frito-Lay. So I do Walmarts and Kroger's and Publix and stuff, and people uh, starting to recognize me a lot, and, mm-hmm. and they'll stop me like, hey, I watched your video. I'm following you on Facebook. <laughs> and I'm like, oh. Yeah, hi. Nice to meet you. Just, you know, putting these chips up. Uh, don't mind me. <laughs> I love that. I love that. Oh, my gosh. Don't mind me. Right. Uh, how, how old is your son? My son is 15, but I have a 21-year-old. He'll be 22 this oh. uh, in March. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. How is that even possible? Oh, <laughs> I know. You don't look old enough to have kids that old. <laughs> Everybody think that... Um, they're my brothers. <laughs> I could see that. I could see that for sure. Yeah. Oh my gosh. My yeah. kids are five and seven. I couldn't imagine them being older than that. It just goes too fast. Oh my God. Oh yeah. Oh, I love it. You know, I couldn't wait until my son got to a place where he could make his own food. You know, <laughs> <laughs> for it's sure. like, no, you go, you go make your own sandwich. I'm done. I'm done with parenting. Right. Yeah. You're five. You're five now. Go cool. <laughs> 
now, but. <laughs> oh, that's amazing. Uh, I would love to dig in a little bit more about your background and and your story and what led you to truly be a motivational speaker and, and an author. Okay. Um, well, it just kind of happened. You know how people say uh, stuff just kind of, it found them, you know, mm-hmm. like, yes, I remember at a time when I was married <clears throat> a few years ago and um, I was struggling with my sexuality. So I was married to my best friend, a guy, and, um, you know, I was just fighting the whole, I am not gay. And, mm-hmm. you know, I can do this. I can live the way everybody tells me to live. And right. so I was struggling with a lot of depression and just trying to figure it out. And um, we had heard about this open mic that was going on and and so I said okay I'm gonna write a poem and I had didn't know anything about poetry I still don't I just write from my heart I, I can't teach a class on it it's just you know people <laughs> people ask me all the time they ask me for advice and inbox me like can you give me some advice on writing a poem I say just write it because I can't tell you you know a right or wrong way to do it you know so I got up at Java Days. I did this poem and I got a standing ovation. It was my first time doing a poem. And um, and I thought, oh my God, like I got something here, you know? And it just took off from doing open mic to people started calling me and asking me to perform here and there. And and so now I'm 11 years in wow. and the, um, the motivational speaking is, it's in my poetry, you know, so my poetry inspires and motivates and encourages people to be their best self. So, um, yeah, it's just, I don't, I don't do the erotic poetry or the, I stay away from politics and all Mm -hmm. of that. I just try to, you know, make sure I'm encouraging the women mainly to, you know, be, be the best version of themselves. It just kind of found me. It wasn't, I wanted to be a nurse when when I grew up that's, that was my goal I want to be a nurse so I, I don't know that is hilarious because that's what I am I'm a nurse <laughs> see see I don't see? recommend it no I'm just kidding <laughs> like I wanted to be a nurse my mom was a nurse my mm-hmm. aunt my uncle's a doctor and mm-hmm. that's what I wanted to do but I yeah. went to college in uh, New Orleans I went down there for one semester and I couldn't uh, pay the tuition but I had all A's and I was so humiliated that I had to go back home and go back to work for Shoney's, you know, and I had left all those people at the restaurant, you know, when you're 16 and you're working in a restaurant and the older ladies, they can't wait to see you go off to college. And, yeah. and they was also proud of me, like, okay, do good. And you're going to be, you're going to do great things when you go to college. And I went for one semester <laughs> because I didn't um, have enough uh, financial aid and everything. And right. I had to go back to Tulsa and work for Shoney's. And so I just felt so yeah. embarrassed. But, you know, it was humbling, and I just knew that that was that's where I had to be. So I, ended up, I got pregnant, and I just struggled and struggled. I didn't know who I was, and mm-hmm. I didn't know I had a gift, let alone what the gift was. And, and I just found it, you know, 11 years ago, and I've stuck mm-hmm. with it. I have stuck with it, and it has opened many, many doors for me. I've met uh, amazing people, been on great stages, and, and um, I just let my life just kind of flow. You know, I don't. I have vision for myself. I write my goals down, but I don't say, okay, I'm not going to do this. I'm not going to do that. I let it, I let God just kind of come in and just take it where it's supposed to go. And I always end up at the right place at the right time. 
That's amazing. It's like a surrender, you know, to yeah. a greater power. That's amazing. You have yeah. to. You really have to because if you think you're you have we have so much control. You know, you have control over how you respond to people, how you react and right. you know, if you're happy and the choices that you make. But, uh, and, you know, and we make our vision, but then God says, okay, but this is what I want you to do. And, you know, I'm in Atlanta, Georgia. I remember I said I would never live in Atlanta, Georgia, because <laughs> everybody in Atlanta has AIDS. <laughs> That's what... Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> I am so bad. I know. But it was something I read online, you know, statistics, and it is bad here. Like one in five people have AIDS in Atlanta. And I remember reading that when I was in Oklahoma. I said, oh, I would never live in Atlanta, Georgia. Oh, my gosh. That's so funny. And I, and look where I live at. There you go. Atlanta's awesome. See? I was so, just there. I, I, I was so blown away uh, by the kindness. Like everybody was so nice. But I live in Phoenix. It's just such a different culture. And, and I was I was really, really – impressed it was beautiful too it was in the fall which we don't really have that here yeah. <laughs> so yeah it was, it was an awesome trip it, it was the best thing that I could have ever done for myself wow. and my son you know it's, it's there's a lot of culture here and arts and it's just diverse yes, and yeah. uh hospitable they are kind it's a lot to do here but I don't really do anything if I <laughs> normally I go to work and if I'm not on stage speaking I'm at home I love to be at home Yes. Oh, I love that. Yeah. So yeah. I would like to take a little bit of a detour. And I think something you said was super fascinating. Um, and maybe you could expound upon that a little bit. But in regards to your religiosity and your background with, you know, your your relationship with God and, and what that's done for you in your life, and then going through this spiritual and then a sexual journey where you're finding yourself and how that kind of intertwined. Can you talk mm -hmm. a little bit more about that? Well, I went from being religious to being spiritual, mm -hmm. you know, I, I grew up in church when I first started doing poetry, I was performing at all churches. I was the Christian poet, you wow. know, so, but I was married to this guy and, but what's crazy is when me and him were best friends online for eight years. Wow. And so he, I, I used to tell him about all my little stories about all the girls I was talking to. So he kind of put on this. I can save you type of an attitude with me and start sharing scriptures with me. And so I was feeling convicted and feeling like, okay, I'm not, you know, God doesn't love me the way I am, you know, all the religious stuff. Right. And I, I, I fell for it. So I, I said, okay, okay, I'm going to try. So, but the thing about when you're not living your truth, you're not only hurting yourself, but you're hurting other people because you're faking it. And so I got this man that's deeply in love with me. Right. And I'm trying to do, quote, unquote, what's right, but I'm dying, literally inside. I'm dying. I was having chest pains. And, and I, I would go to the doctor, and, and they would do all these uh, tests on me, and they say, well, we don't see any reason for you to have chest pains, you know. Um, and so it was anxiety. It was just, you know, and I would be speaking at all these churches, doing poems, and telling the women, you know, you can fly like an eagle and, mm -hmm. you know, you're powerful, be your best self. And I wasn't doing that for myself. Mm -hmm. I was a hypocrite, you know, and so I'd get off stage and just kind of cry to myself. Like, I don't know if these people would accept me if they knew that, you know, where I came from, because I had a girlfriend and then I, and then I said, okay, well, I'm going to be straight. 
And then so I got married to a man, but I was still struck. It never went away. Right. You know, it never it never went away. But I thought that, you know, maybe I could pray it away or, you know, you go to church, they lay hands on you and you fall out and and all of that old kind of stuff. And you go on a fast for 40 days and it was still there. It was still there. And uh, and so eventually, you know, me and him, we got a divorce and um, 2012 is when I said, okay, I'm going to live my truth. I'm going to live my truth. And I just had this revelation that God spoke to me personally. He said, Kendall, there's nothing wrong with you. Because I was like, why did you create me like this? You gave me this this powerful gift to speak to people. But then you, but then I'm gay. Like, how am I supposed to talk about God and be gay? Who's going to believe me? Because they're looking at me like I'm, I'm garbage, like I'm right. the, the, the bottom of the barrel. But I love you. I love God. I, I, nobody can tell me to this day that God does not love me. I, I don't accept it. I don't want to hear it. Nobody. I don't care who. I will go toe-to-toe with anybody and try to throw some scriptures at me now. Girl, I'd be like, okay, let's go. You know. Because <laughs> <Right. laughs> you're not going to tell me that God doesn't love me. He created me. Absolutely. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. And so once I stopped going to church and let go of the religion and got a personal one-on-one relationship with God, I talked to him one-on-one. I don't need a third party, somebody to come tell me what God said. Or, you know, I talked to him personally. My life has went all the way up. Yeah. My relationship with him has been just double what it was when I was in church, you know, because I talked to him every day. I know how he feels about me. He tells me, and I don't need somebody else, a third party with their own interpretation telling me what God said. Right. I can talk to him. (laughs) Hell yeah, you can. (laughs) I can talk to him. We're good over here, you know. So now when you speak and when you do your poetry, and are you speaking to a more diverse group of women who have the same or similar journey as you? Um, I speak to everybody, really. It's everybody. I I haven't done a church um, since 2007 or 8. So I haven't, I got out of the church circuit. I will speak in a club. I will speak at a school, um, a cafe, anywhere I'm invited. Uh, And my poems can be spoken in church or in a club because Mm -hmm. they're all clean. They're all empowerment. Yes. And they're all I think that anybody can relate to what I'm saying, because at the end of the day, even if somebody's not gay, they're struggling with something, even right. if it's just accepting that they're overweight or accepting that you look different. That right. You know, everybody has something that they just need to know that they are OK with how they are. If, right. if they have a handicap or, you know, whatever your thing is. Right. So oh. that's why my poetry, it just relates to everybody, because. Uh, I mean, of course, you know, if I go to a, a, a gay uh, venue, I'm going to do my lesbian poetry. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you know, you got to save your lesbian poetry for the lesbians. You know, of, of course, I, you, you, you got to know. That's amazing. I'm going to quote you later. <laughs> you got <laughs> you, you to know who you're talking to. You know, right. of course, I wouldn't do the lesbian poetry at a, at a, at a college. You know right. what I'm saying? So. Right. You got to know how to read the room. I, I might be doing a poem about um, girls twerking on Instagram and, and there's 50-year-old, 60-year-old women in the audience. They're not going to relate to that. So you got to read your audience 
whenever you whenever you are asked to go somewhere and it's like okay yeah I probably don't want to do that poem here I'll stick to this you know oh my gosh and so uh, yeah so I I'll, sometimes I'll have in my head to do these three poems and then when I get somewhere I'll scan the room and I say yeah I'm gonna have to change up this whole lineup <laughs> they're not ready <laughs> they don't they can't hear this yet <laughs> they can't hear this they're not gonna say nothing I'm talking about so. oh my gosh Oh, I love it. So it, it truly, it's so amazing to take your art and turn it into an entrepreneurial endeavor. I think that it's just amazing what you've done. And, and not only for your for your, your family and your life, um, and then helping others as well. And how, do you feel that your art form has helped you heal? Has this journey helped you heal from the past, from hurts, from, you know, your experience? Oh, definitely. Sometimes, you know, I've read poems that I've written years ago, and I'll read it and think, oh, wow, that was powerful. Like, did I did I write that? Yeah. You know, because I'm writing something thinking that, okay, this is going to bless somebody. But once I read it, it's kind of like I'm being channeled in a way. I know it sounds weird, but sometimes when I'm writing, it just comes to me and I write it how it comes. But then once I read it, I'm like, oh, wow, that was good. Like, and I'm like, oh, thank you. Thank you, God. Like, boy, you are something else, you know. Right. Like, I know that didn't come from me. You know, I'm not that interesting. Oh, my gosh. I highly doubt that. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm really not that interesting. So, like, for this poem, like, what happened one day, me and my wife, we was walking in the mall. And this man, he pulled us to the side. He said, excuse me, let me ask you a question. And he said, which one of y'all is the man? Oh, my gosh. And I looked at him like, okay, it wasn't that I was, I wasn't even dressed like a a, a boy. You yeah. understand what I'm saying? I had on a T-shirt and sweats. My wife had on a T-shirt and sweats. Neither one of us are trying to be a man. We're both obviously women. But he right. was like, you know, which one of y'all is the man? And I was so offended by that, first of all, that you thought you had the right to ask me something. Right like that and how ignorant are you so i wrote this poem girl um (laughs) called coochie coupons and (laughs) (laughs) i started it off with you know i was walking in the mall with my wife one day and this guy pulls us to the side and says so which one of y'all is the girly one so that's how i started out posted that, that poem on facebook and it's got two million views on it that's my first poem that went viral and I was like oh my god what in the world like normally I get about 20,000 views on something and to me I'm doing something if I got really 9,000 10 you know I think I'd have done something but I posted that video in five hours it had 50,000 views on I thought oh my god okay something is going on because everybody seems to be able to relate to this. And of course, you know, you read the comments, you got your church people on there telling you that you're going to hell. You got your men. All the men are mad because you're a lesbian. And then you got your other people that's just like, you go girl, you know? And so. No, but I think it's, there, there is something so relatable there and on so many levels, because in my opinion, how entitled does a person feel to even approach you and say something like that? You know, that's insane to me. Um, And women have been dealing with that forever and then compound it with women of color and then women women who may be in a same-sex couple. Like, it's amazing to me how people feel entitled 
to even to even approach you with something like that. Like that's crazy. Yeah, exactly. And I, I mean, it, it would be different if it was like a best friend and we was, you know, sipping wine and talking and like, oh, okay, now what, what do y'all be doing? You know, and then I would talk, but you are a complete stranger in the mall. Right. Like, bruh, really? <laughs> Who are you? And and I didn't know if I didn't know if he was a woman or a man, honestly, because I was trying to figure him out. Like, okay, <laughs> right, right. What are you doing? <laughs> oh my gosh. That's so crazy. But, oh. but every now and then I will write something that it it, it blesses me. Because right. I, I I truly believe that my poems do come from God because I keep them pure. My intention is always that whoever hears it or reads it, that they are blessed from their soul and that their life is changed in a positive way and that I've affected them in a positive manner. So yes. I know that my words come from God because when I read it, I don't feel like I wrote it. And when mm -hmm. I listen to it, I'm like, man, that was good. <laughs> like, <laughs> well, and do you feel like on some level, every time you've written something, it's because uh, you're processing something in your own life, you know? Yeah. 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 Yeah, I definitely can relate to that. When I was going through um, my divorce, you know, my whatever the pi the pictures I was taking, uh, the captions I was writing, you know, blog posts, even interviews I was doing or when I was speaking places, everything that I was doing was in relation to some sort of, you know, uh, struggle I was going through. And I was kind of working through that on my in my own world. And, you mm -hmm. know, I was speaking about it to others, but it was really helping me the most. You know, yeah, very interesting yep. how that happens. Um, yeah, because my poetry's changed. It's yeah. changed. Like the stuff I was writing seven years ago, and I read. Like I have a book. One of my books, I I unlisted it on Amazon because I don't even want to sell it anymore. Because I have one poem in that book where I. This is when I was heavy in the church, mm -hmm. you know. And I had a poem, and I had at one point I thought I was delivered, you know, church say you delivered. So I thought, okay, God has freed me from this. And I wrote this poem about how I was totally delivered from homosexuality, and I put it in my poetry book. And it's like the, I don't know what page it is, might be a second or third poem. But anyway, I don't even want to sell a book no more because of that one poem in there, because I feel like if somebody reads it, there's always somebody who doesn't have the common understanding that okay that was written eight years ago sure. people grow people change and I think that somebody's gonna read it and be like I thought you said you was totally delivered now you married to a woman so it didn't look like <laughs> I'm you know what I'm saying it looks like I'm lying and one time I had mm -hmm. a at one event I had the book on the table and every time somebody picked it up I caught myself saying okay now listen I wrote this book in 2007 when I thought I was delivered I was really in the church and they was like oh girl I know but I felt like I had to say that, you know, right. like, hey, I'm out of the closet now. I'm married to a woman. So if you read that poem, you're going to think I'm lying. But at that time and space, I was telling the truth. Right. Oh, That was my truth. That in was your truth at the time, right? That's what you were processing yeah. at the time. Yep. And how That's what I was processing. Mm -hmm, absolutely. It's a, it really is a, it, such a fascinating, the creative journey and the different elements of it. I mean, I think about people like, like Glennon Doyle or Elizabeth Gilbert and like they, they have done such similar things where they're truly finding themselves and they're, they're writing these beautiful things and they're doing these beautiful things, you know, along the way. And it changes, it's changed throughout the last, you know, five to 10 years. And that is so, you know, parallel with it, just the human experience. Um, so I think that that's amazing that, that you can speak so openly, honestly about like, that's where I was at that moment in time. And this yep. was my struggle and this was my triumph. 
Yep, and here I am now. So and my poetry is not going to sound the same. I'm talking about something totally different. I've yep. evolved. Yep. You know, but you, you hope that people just get that, but people don't. A lot of people don't because yeah. some people want you to stay where you were mm -hmm. in 2008 because that's yeah. where they can relate to you. Yes. Well, that's and they can't relate to the new you. Yep. Yeah, it's comfortable for them. Yep. Absolutely. It has nothing to do with I you. Need you to, I need you to quote some scriptures. Yeah, it has nothing to do with you. I need you to quote some scriptures here. Make me feel good. I, yep. I, I don't agree with how you're living right now. Let's talk about 2008. I need that Kindle. <laughs> well, that's because you're not growing. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know? Right. Right. You're, you're oh not gosh. growing. Yep. That's exactly people, right. Some people, they do not allow you to grow. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Have you found mm -hmm. that along the way... I'm sure you have, but I think this has been such an interesting thing, even in my life, in my creative journey and my spiritual journey, my personal journey, my journey as a mom, um, is having people that are present in your life. And then when you do make those leaps of conscious, you know, development, um, that you lose people. Yeah. Oh, child, listen here. Yeah. I have a lot of fans and a lot of associates, but I would say I have. 10 solid friend friends and I really only talk to one of them on the phone yeah I talk to one person maybe two on the phone that I actually initiate a phone call to right 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 right, right. yeah yeah but I have a lot of friends I got classmates you know people show up and we take pictures and everything but at the end of the day I'm only going to call two of you right 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 <laughs> No, I love the yeah. honesty behind that and like the people that you hold, you know, in your inner core circle. It it is yeah. like that. Absolutely. I'm very similar to that. Yes. Yeah, because those are the two people that allow me to grow. They know all of my history, mm -hmm. all of my mess, all my baggage, and they have seen Kendall develop. I just right. kind of uh separated myself from a friend um of about ten years because She's one of those people that don't allow you to grow. She quick right. to bring up something that you did. Well, girl, you know, I remember when you did this. And it's like, I don't even think like that no more. Right. Right. Because, because you haven't grown. You see me as the Kindle in 2008. That's not me anymore. So mm -hmm. after she did that so many times, I said, you know what? I'm elevating spiritually, mentally, emotionally, in every aspect of my life. You're going to, you, you can't go. Right. Right. Yeah. You just you got to fall off, and I let people just fall off. I don't shed a tear about it. I don't think twice about it. I just keep on walking, and people keep on falling off. And I know it's not that I'm doing anything wrong. It's because I'm doing something right. 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 It's hard. Yeah. It's hard sometimes. It is because you think about. Um, at least I have. You know, like, am I failing them? Um, but mm -hmm. but if but you know in your heart that this is, you know, personal growth that has to happen to be the best version of yourself. And there are times when, you know, I don't sound cliche here, but misery enjoys company. And when you're going through a struggle and someone else can relate to that struggle, and then you kind of get out of that struggle, then you no longer have that in mm -hmm. common. And then they kind of fall off in that aspect. I've experienced that as well. Oh, yeah, because we meet people based on where we are. We attract what what we are so you know in 2008 2009 i was attracting certain people because that's how i was living i was living a lie and right. they were all living a lie too so we was just living a lie together <laughs> but now that i didn't 
you know, not I didn't came into who I am. I have an understanding that God loves me unconditionally. I have a wife. My sons love me. They love my oh, wife. God. You know, my my son told me when I came out, I was trying to figure out how to say it. Like, do I sit him down? Because, you know, he's 20 years old. Right. And, well, he was 20 at the time. And I was like, okay. Because uh, he would ask me stuff. And I think I knew he was trying to figure it out. Because he'd <laughs> ask me about my ex-husband. <laughs> he was like, he said, Mama, uh, why did you and, and him, he say his name, why did, why did y'all get a divorce? You know, and I say, well, son, you know, we just wasn't compatible. And I could say, he, I could see he was just trying to figure it out all on his face, you know. And so, and so he, well, he's my Facebook friend, but, you know, your teenagers, they don't like none of your stuff. They don't communicate with you on there. But I knew he, he never really gets on. But I never hesitated to post pictures of my, my wife when she was my girlfriend. I would post pictures with her and uh, just, you know, smile and nothing, you know, inappropriate. And um, and so one day I, I uh, called him and I said, well, son, how would you feel about me having a girlfriend? And he said, I don't care. <laughs> and, I, <laughs> and I said, well, he said, mom, I knew you were gay a long time ago. <laughs> He's like, you're not fooling me. <laughs> yeah. And I said, well, why come you didn't tell me, son? I could have got free a long time ago. I was living a life trying to, uh, trying to protect you, and you already knew. Right, right, right. And he said, Mama, I, I knew a long time ago. I knew when you had them dreads, and you started changing how you dress. You started wearing more suits and stuff. He said, he was telling my stepsons, my, my ex-husband had two sons. So he said, I was telling him, uh, man, Mama Gay, this, this marriage ain't going to last long. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my gosh. So y'all done had a whole conversation about me. And so um, I sent him a picture of her and he said, Mama, you should have did this a long time ago. I don't know mm -hmm. what you've been doing. <laughs> and I said, well, that's comforting, you know, yes. like for your it? child to tell you, yes, uh, Mama, you should have did this a long time ago. Yes. You well, know? How intuitive is that? And kids are so honest and they, yeah, they see are. the world in such a different way. And we're, we have so much baggage and we're projecting our, our fears on them and worried about them and trying to protect them from us, you know, yeah. but that's such a beautiful thing. It's like, I don't care. <laughs> yeah. He didn't care. And he's, I'm, I'm reading this tweet and he's tweeting how he got two moms and oh. how it's lit. You know, the kids say everything is lit, whatever yeah. that means. It's lit. <laughs> I, it's lit. I got two, I got two moms, you know, and all his little friends is commenting saying, oh man, that's so cool. You know, and I was like, oh, okay, so they understand it. Yes. Adults don't understand it. No. Well, it's, it's such a different time. It's such a different time. And there's still, so, obviously, you know, so much work to be done and, and growth. But like you're saying, you have all the, the people from your past life still commenting on your your work, you know, saying that it's not right, it's inappropriate, and they're, they're, in, the, they're in a past life. You know, they're, they haven't, you know, awoken to, you know, what the, what the truth is. Yeah, they they suck, and 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 yeah, that's what it is. They suck, and see what I've noticed is, um, sometimes people won't congratulate you and say that they're happy for you. They there's and they will condone it with their little scripture and and say why they don't believe that it's okay. But if you really look at their life, they're miserable with their husband, so they can't be happy with you with your wife. Yes, no, that is like I'm watching. I'm watching. 
you and your husband and y'all look like y'all can't stand each other. So yes. you, I understand why you haven't said congratulations to me. Right. You look miserable over there. Are you like you? <laughs> They're like, good luck. Okay. <laughs> So and how sad. dare she go be happy? Oh yeah. my gosh. Yeah. Well, isn't that so true about just the premise behind what marriage is supposed to be and and what a relationship is supposed to be? And and looking at people who are like, well, this is how it's supposed to be. And and like you're saying, they're miserable in their own marriage. And you're like, well, that looks horrible. I don't want to do that. And but that's mm-hmm. that's what's been ingrained in us. I I mean, myself growing up watching my parents. And, uh, and what it was quote unquote supposed to be. And, and I grew up in the church as well and thinking, well, this just doesn't seem very fun. (laughs) Yeah. Seems horrible, (laughs) but it's how it's supposed to be. Right. And so there, we have all these miserable people walking around telling you you're doing it wrong, but you found your bliss, you found your happiness. So I think we need Mm -hmm. to reevaluate that. We do. Yep. Oh my gosh. Where did you and your wife meet? Um, Girl, listen, I met her on Instagram. Oh, I love that. (laughs) But what's so funny is, this is, okay, so I moved here to Atlanta, and for two years I was single, and I didn't want to get married to anybody. I didn't want to live with anybody. And one day I was on Instagram, and well, rewind, my mom passed away in May of 2016, and when she Mm -hmm. passed away, you know, I start talking to her because, you know, they never go away. They're just not here right. uh, physically. So I would be talking to my mom and I said, Mama, you know, I, I, as you can see, I'm gay. And, you know, I would really appreciate it if you would send me somebody that has my best interest, that, that's not trying to be with me just because of, of who I am, but is really going to be good for me and Corian, my son. Yes. And so I, I would say those prayers. And then one day I was on Instagram and I was scrolling. And I saw her face, I saw her eyes first, and I thought, wow, she's beautiful. And I heard the voice say, message her. And so now I'm arguing with the voice. I said, no, I'm not about to message this woman. Like, what am I going to say? You know, what am I going to say? Hi, beautiful. You know, like what everybody's saying to her. Yeah. So I said, no, I'm not going to send this woman a message. I scrolled on past her. And I heard the voice again, message her. So I scroll back down. I look, that's okay. Okay, okay. So, okay. What do I say? What do I say? So I'm talking to myself, right? So I sent her a message and I said um, something like, aren't you adorable? <laughs> and she, re- yeah, and she replied and said, thank you. You're, you're beautiful yourself or something like that. Yeah. And after that, I was kind of stuck. Like, okay, what do I say? You know? And so we was just, you know, we went through the regular, you know, how old are you? Where do you live? I see that you like to work out. And she, you know, asked me what I did. I said, I'm a full-time artist with a part-time job, you know? And um, I asked her, was she um, gay? Because she looked like she was gay. I know that sounds bad, but my wife <laughs> did look gay. <laughs> no, I get you. I get you. <laughs> she looked gay. And I said, uh, you know, do you date women? And she said, no, I've, I've only dated men. Mm-hmm. And I said, oh, okay. She said, why do you ask? I said, well, you know, I just wanted to make sure that I'm not, I'm, I'm being respectful. You know, I don't want to say anything out of line. And she said, oh, I don't see you doing that. And so once she said she was straight and she never even considered thinking about dating a woman, I got off the subject and it was just regular conversation about what we do and whatever. And so after we finished talking that day in the inbox, I really just, 
erased her. I was like, okay, well, she's straight. I'm not going to play that game. Right. Maybe I heard wrong. Maybe she's not the woman for me. And then two days later, she inboxed me talking about good morning, Kendall. I said, Mm -hmm. "Uh (laughs) (laughs) uh-huh. Uh-huh. I knew you had it in you. (laughs) That's amazing. Yeah, so we've been stuck at the hips ever since then. That was uh, 2016, and it was her idea that we should get married and everything. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, her parents are religious. They're, you know, preachers and whatnot. And mm-hmm. so I have yet to meet them, and they let her know she wasn't raised like that and how sure. they don't approve and all that old kind of stuff. And I said, well, you know, they missing out on me. I ain't missing out on them. Right, right. Oh my god. I mean, I know what I bring. I know what I bring to the table and and what I bring to a room, the energy yeah. that I bring. So, you know, you don't approve of me, that's your bad. Well, that's their that's their loss and and it's it's amazing to me as a mother how anybody could write their child off like that. It doesn't oh, yeah. make oh, yeah. any sense to me, but it happens all the time. It happens all, it the, happens time. all the time. And but you know, I have a godmother and I have friends and they have all taken my wife under their wing. And yeah. uh, they every time they text me, say, hey, tell your wife I love her. And, mm. you know, so you know, she, whatever she loses over there in her family, she gained it in my family. Yep, absolutely. Absolutely. And and you guys have an opportunity to, to love on other people and bless other people who, you know, are going through a similar struggle. Yeah. Uh, absolutely. Yep. And I, I have found in my life and in, in, in the creative journey that when, you know, you, your family isn't necessarily a given, it's a privilege still, and you, you have to still earn respect and trust and love, it's not mm-hmm. just going to be there waiting for you. Um, so you can't treat somebody poorly or, or not honor their life or, um, or any of the above, and then expect you to still stick around. You know, it's it has to it has to be a mutual respect and and an and honest journey. So it's really beautiful for you yeah. to have found that with each other. Oh man, uh, th- this has been yeah. so amazing. Like truly, you're an, you're an inspiration to everybody about just living living your life unapologetically and finding yourself and God moving somewhere just on a whim truly and finding success and love and, you know, peace in that way. That's amazing. I can only imagine how many people are like, have heard something or somebody telling them something and they should go somewhere, do something, be something because they have that ability or that power and they're not listening because they're scared. Yeah. And you, now you sit in somewhere that you're not supposed to be because you're afraid because that fear right. will paralyze you. I was laid off. I was laid off with no job. And I heard his voice say, move to Atlanta. I heard it two uh-huh. times. That's okay. Uh, how am I going to move? I don't have any money. Right. Came down here, end up signing a lease. I came down here. To, I knew one person, this girl I used to talk to, she had ended up marrying this guy. I hadn't talked to her in 10 years. And I knew that she was living here. But when I used to talk to her, she was in Baltimore, Maryland. So I, I didn't find it a coincidence that she had moved to Atlanta. And so I hit her up. I said, hey, girl. You know, I think I'm supposed to move to Atlanta. Can I come stay with you for a week just to fill it out, see what right. it feels like down here before we just jump? And she said, yeah. And so uh, me and my son, we stayed with her for a week. And in that week, I got on the stage, did some poetry. I got a standing ovation at that place. And everywhere I was going, people was stopping me saying, you know, just saying little 
things to me. And I said, okay, that was nobody but God, you know. Right, right. And I ended up uh, signing a lease at an apartment complex. This is how I came about the book, The Power of, the, the Power of 22, because I kept seeing the number 22 everywhere before I moved. And then I decided to Google what does uh, angel number 22 mean, and it was talking about, you know, following your purpose, being divinely guided, and all this old kind of stuff. And so I wrote the book on the power of 22, how that number got me to Atlanta and how it pushed me in all these different directions just by that number, how mm -hmm. I was being divinely guided and all God wanted me to do was take a step. And so he would show me every day, okay, now go here. Okay, now go there. But I had to listen. I had to be still long enough and be quiet long enough to pay attention and listen because God is always talking to us, whether it's a billboard, a, a license plate, an email, a text, a, a meme. He's yeah. always speaking, but we are so preoccupied in our own self and 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 all in our phones and and you know we we're never present that we miss it. Like God mm -hmm. told you to do something on that billboard back there, but you missed it because you you texted, you know. Right, right. And so we just have to learn how to be still. And I've mastered the art of being still. I I got my meditation up to a whole hour. I used to wow. only could do it for five minutes, and now. I, I'm addicted to it. Like, I can't wait. Like, normally when I get off work at about 9 in the morning, I'll go home and go meditate for an hour wow. so I can I can be tuned up and tuned in. So I'll know, okay, God, I need you to do something. Like, show right. me where to go. Right. Oh. And it's been working for me. That's amazing. Just the concept of being still and being present and listening. I, I, I need that in my life more. You know, it's busy. It's, you know, work and kids and life. And maybe I get to work out this month or maybe I don't, you know, and this constant, mm -hmm. there's not enough seconds in the day. Um, and then doing client work mm -hmm. and, and emails and all of it. And I think that that's so important because all of that stuff will still be there, but take a little bit of time yeah. out of your day to be present in the moment and listen. You gotta, you gotta make it a priority. Yes. It's self care. Your your kids, they're not getting the best mom. Your clients aren't getting the best, you know, boss or whatever. If you haven't taken fifteen minutes out of your day to be still. Right. Absolutely. Oh you have got to say, okay, you know what? Between six and six thirty, when these kids are asleep, I'm gonna drink my coffee. I'm gonna sit in this chair and I'm gonna meditate. Yeah. And then, then everybody else can have access to me. Yep. Absolutely. It's like tithing a tithing a part of yourself to yourself. Give yourself ten percent of yourself. Yep. Yes. You're giving the world you know, you are you're giving the world ninety percent of yourself. hundred yes. percent. Yes. Yeah, you have to take a little bit for yourself so you can be better. Absolutely. You can't pour from an empty empty cup, right? Oh, that's so true. Oh my gosh, Kendall, you're amazing. What would you want our listeners to know uh, in closing about being their best selves? Um, I would I would say that I would tell people to stop asking for permission yes. to live. Yes. And stop seeking validation yep. outside of themselves. The only person you need to be uh, concerned with uh, as far as what they think about you is God, yeah. period. And if that's your main concern, if you can look in the mirror every day and smile at yourself and say, you know what, I like her, I like her, then you are doing, you are doing your job. But when you look in the mirror and you're like, I just don't like this part of me and I don't like this part, there's just some work for you to do. But we all have work to do. It's not a race. 
Don't compare your life to nobody else. If somebody appears to be running faster, doing more, making more money than you are, look more successful, they got their own struggles. You have got to put blinders on like they do with the horses. Put the blinders on so the horse can't see the horse that's next to him. He can only see what's in front of him. Right. You got to be focused on you and your purpose. Yes. Don't ask for permission. Stop asking I love other people that. for permission to live. Yes. Oh my gosh. You're amazing. Kendall, thank you so much for being here. Everybody, I am going to be linking uh, in the show notes to her books and some of her videos because she's amazing. And we're so honored to have you here. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me, babe. Thank you so much for tuning in. It means so much to us that you're here and we hope you walk away feeling inspired as hell. If you're not already a student in Unraveled Academy, go to www.theunraveledacademy.com. You can also access the link below. Come join us. We have a seat waiting with your name on it.